Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, though some folks thought it would never get here, it's clearly summer in Maine. The number of cars on the road tells us that there are visitors galore, and many of us are trying to take things a little more slowly, if we can. So, this is a good time to root around in the Electronic Cottage archives to dig up some programs that may be worth another listen for those of us here year-round, or that may be new to folks who've come to visit. In either case, we hope you enjoy, and find useful, this Notes from the Electronic Cottage Encore. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. On a recent program, we noted that one of the biggest, if not the biggest, challenge facing the digital world these days is how to confirm the identity of all the participants in an online exchange, whether that exchange is of information or money or goods or pretty much anything else. How can a user, for example, be sure that the website he or she is on is really the website that the person intended to go to? and not a fake site set up to grab personal information or sell fake goods or otherwise steal something from the user. Conversely, how can a website operator be sure that a user or customer is who the user claims to be? These are major questions in both the physical world and the digital world. Social security numbers are commonly used as identity markers, both online and offline. But, as we mentioned recently, many in government and commerce feel that social security numbers, which were never meant to serve as universal identifiers, are not up to the task of identity confirmation today, if they ever were. But, how should we confirm identity? What, if anything, should replace social security numbers as a form of universal identification? Many suggestions have been made. Some, for example, have suggested inserting an RFID chip into our bodies, which, by the way, is already happening at some companies in the U.S. and elsewhere. Others have suggested some form of biometric identification, such as fingerprints or iris scans, or a combination. Still others have suggested a sort of personal key that we would carry that could be used to get us into any secure website, as well as onto airplanes and trains and so forth. While all of these are possible methods to establish a person's identity, there is a question, actually a number of questions, that underlie them all. Back in 2002, in the aftermath of 9-11, a committee of the National Research Council of the National Academy of Sciences issued a report entitled, quote, IDs, not that easy, Questions about Nationwide Identity Systems. That report asked a series of questions about any kind of a national identity system, which would presumably span both physical and digital identity. From that report, quote, Policy questions that the committee believes should be considered when contemplating any kind of identity system include the following. What is the purpose of the system? Possibilities range from expediting and or tracking travel 
to prospectively monitoring individuals' activities in order to identify and look for suspicious activity, to retrospectively identifying perpetrators of crimes. What is the scope of the population that would be issued an, quote, ID and presumably be recorded in the system? How would the identities of these individuals be authenticated? What is the scope of the data that would be gathered about individuals participating in the system and correlated with their national identity? While colloquially it's referred to as a, quote, identification system, implying that all the system would do is identify individuals, many proposals talk about the ID as a key to a much larger collection of data. Would these data be identity data only? And what is meant by identity data? Or would other data be collected, stored, and or analyzed as well? With what confidence would the accuracy and quality of this data be established and subsequently determined? Who would be the users of this system, as opposed to those who'd participate in the system by having an ID? One assumption seems to be that the public sector government will be the primary user, but what parts of the government, in what contexts, and with what constraints? In what settings in the public sphere would such a system be used? Would state and local governments have access to the system? Would the private sector be allowed to use the system? What entities within the government or private sector would be allowed to use the system? Who could contribute, view, and or edit data in the system? What types of use would be allowed? Who would be able to ask for an ID and under what circumstances? Assuming that there are data sets associated with an individual's identity, what types of queries would be permitted? For example, is this person allowed to travel? Does this person have a criminal record? Beyond simple queries, would analysis and data mining of the information be permitted? If so, who would be allowed to do such analysis? and for what purposes? Would participation in and or identification by the system be voluntary or mandatory? In addition, would participants have to be aware of or consent to having their IDs checked as opposed to, for example, allowing surreptitious facial recognition? What legal structures protect the system's integrity as well as the data subject's privacy and due process rights, and determine the government and relying party's liability for system misuse or failure. End quote. Those are potent and extremely important questions. The committee did not supply firm answers, but did try to explore those questions, those very hard questions. One of the observations that the committee made was that, quote, Serious consideration must be given to the idea that, given the broad range of uses, security needs, and privacy needs that might be contemplated, no single system may suffice to meet the needs of potential users of the system. End quote. Recall that Social Security numbers began as a way to keep track of workers' contributions to and benefits from the Social Security system. But over time, 
those numbers were more or less dragooned for more universal identification purposes, and now we're living with the results of that haphazard evolution. As Congress and Commerce try to come up with some better system to confirm personal identity, both offline and online, it seems that they would be wise to consider the questions this committee raised 15 years ago. Otherwise, we may wind up with a system that is no better and conceivably worse than what we're putting random and largely ineffective patches on right now. We'll do our best to keep an eye on efforts to design a system that is secure, effective, efficient, and respectful of personal integrity right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. (music) 